Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Well, like me, do you often feel like your life today is filled with too much stuff and not enough substance? Have you begun thinking about perhaps even yearning for a third act? Can you envision joyful, low-stress living with greater flexibility, more mobility, fewer deadlines, and acceptance of new obligations strictly on your own terms. And it's great to think about it, isn't it? But the problem is, at middle age, most of us are faced with a hectic schedule, tons of responsibility, clutter, and a complicated lifestyle. And are you ready to consider the benefits of downsizing, actually living larger with far less? If so, you've tuned into the right program Because my first guest, interior and lifestyle design expert Rita Wilkins, a few years back moved from a 5,000-square-foot home in the suburbs to an 867-square-foot condo in the city. And hard to believe, she also gave away 95% of all the stuff she once owned. And as Rita puts it, uh, the reason she did so was so she could have it all. Now, she's not here to imply that to find happiness, you and I must sell or give away 95% of everything we own, but she's here to paint a vivid picture of living better with less. And here's her bio. She's known far and wide as the downsizing designer, and Rita Wilkins is both an interior design and a lifestyle design expert. And as president of her own firm, Design Services Limited, She's designed thousands of interiors throughout the U.S., everything from designer kitchens, corporate penthouses, to Supreme Court justice chambers. And she's also an inspirational speaker, blogger, coach, consultant, and author of the upcoming book, Downsize Your Life, Upgrade Your Lifestyle, Secrets to More Time, Money, and Freedom. And hello, Rita Wilkins. uh, We're most honored to have you here with us today. Thank you, Roy. I'm very glad to be here. And, you know, hopefully I can be a contribution to your audience out there. You know, baby boomers are very interested in knowing what is it like to not have the the stress and the expense and the overwhelm of of a large home. Yeah, you know, so so for me, you know, I had a 5,000 square foot home and I'm single. And I thought, I'm, when I look back, I think, why did I do that? But the, the reality is I did. <laughs> But um, when I realized, always good the <laughs> exactly, yeah. Well, let's begin so with I, your personal downsizing. What motivated you to give up over eighty percent of your floor space in your former suburban home to move into that relatively small mm-hmm. condo in the city? Okay, so I was. Uh, it was eight years ago. I went to Senegal to visit my son, who was serving in the Peace Corps at the time. Oh. And when I stayed with him for a month in his tiny little hut. I I experienced things I had never experienced before, primarily that people who have nothing were happy. And I I just remember thinking, how does that happen? 
And, you know, when one tiny little chicken, which was my gift when I arrived, actually fed 15 people. And so those are the kind of moments that I had during that entire month. And when I got back on that plane, my son said to me, you know, Mom, if you want a simpler life, you can have that. So then I arrived back home in my my big home and I looked around and nothing looked the same to me. And And it didn't happen overnight, but over the course of a couple of years, I kept thinking, you know, I have so much stuff and those people had nothing. They're happy and here I keep buying more stuff. And the stuff, what I realized is it wasn't the stuff at all that was making me happy. You know, it's all about people. So I I finally just, and actually it was at a Christmas party in my home, and a man said, Rita, how much longer are you going to live in this big house by yourself? And out of my mouth came these words, oh, in in, you know, one year I'm going to be living in a tiny apartment in Philadelphia. (laughs) Well, you know, when you say something, then you you do it. And so it took a year to downsize, and I really just remember thinking when I sat there in my apartment for the first time, I have never been happier because I have so much less, and now what I have, I value more. That's so good. What good way to put it? Well, you gave away ninety-five percent of your stuff. Uh, what are the five percent that you kept? What are some of the things that, <laughs> that you kept? We don't have time to go through all ninety-five percent of what you gave away. But uh, and are you still pleased with? Uh, do you miss? Some of the stuff you gave away now, are you pretty much glad that it's all gone? You know, when when people ask me, what do I miss? And this is kind of a funny thing, but I miss one yellow linen suit (laughs) that didn't fit me anyway. (laughs) So, yeah. But it was fun um, to look at. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. But, um, no, honestly, I miss none of that. And, And what I gained from the downsizing was that I have so much more time, money, and freedom to pursue what really matters to me. And that's why I did a TEDx talk on this. It was called Downsize Your Life, Why Less is More. And the impact of living with less is you actually have more time, more money, and more freedom. I'm no longer tied to having to get the yard done, whether it's snow or leaves or whatever. I'm no longer having to clean a big house that, you know, out of the the fifteen rooms, I only used four anyway. <laughs> and I, <laughs> yeah, and as That's a designer, I, yeah, yeah. So you know, when you think about that that expense of having real estate that you're using four out of fifteen spaces, that really started to resonate with me and say, well, this makes no sense financially or otherwise, and certainly time because we spend so much time managing, organizing. And then we go buy some more. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so so the container industry in America is a multi-billion-dollar business because yeah. we buy all these pretty plastic containers to put our stuff in. Yeah. Um, and so you know, you start to say, well, what really matters? And and what really strongly resonated with me is, I want a simple life that I can yeah. actually enjoy my life. Well, you are both an interior and a lifestyle designer. And maybe we begin with a definition. What do you mean by the term lifestyle design? Okay. So lifestyle design has to do with being and in, in living intentionally. So yeah. day to day, you actually are choosing, you know, what you want and what you don't want to um, to have a better quality of life. So, for instance, um, <clears throat> you know, to to choose. Today is Saturday. You know, what do I want to do with my time? 
and and you know so it might be you know go walk with friends go for a hike um yeah. go spend time with my family you have time when you have quality of life when i was being controlled by a large property and expense i literally didn't have the time money or the freedom to do all of those things so lifestyle design has everything to do with intentionality and the higher quality of of living yeah and that as you put it somewhere, how to show up each day in alignment with what matters most to you. I think that's a great way to put it. Yeah, yeah, yep. And and you get to choose. Yeah. You know, so what matters most to you may not matter as much to someone else. And yeah, so that's, once you are such a problem when you work for someone else. So much of the although you know you can obviously pinpoint what you want to do with your vocation, but you still have to do a lot of things you really don't want to be doing. Yeah, and you know that has to do with, and part of my book um, called "Downsize Your Life, Upgrade Your Lifestyle," has to do with the shoulds that you're talking about, yeah. or the have tos. <clears throat> so the fewer shoulds and have tos you have in your life, the more you're in control. It's more of the want tos. So rather than um, you know when you look at your schedule, you know I should really do this. <laughs> even though I don't want to, or I have to do this, even though I don't want to. So as soon as you can start shifting over to more of the want-tos, you become much more in control of your own life. Yeah, that's great. Um, Well, let's talk about the impact on your business. I found this fascinating, Design Services Limited. And be certain you're the boss, so you had a lot of flexibility, more than uh, someone that's employed by someone else. But please tell us how you revised your firm's work week and since your colleagues were now working fewer hours, were you forced uh, to get along with a lower stream of income? No, actually, it was the reverse. We actually increased by 27%. And what was your new uh, work week? <clears throat> work three and play four is my mantra. So, <laughs> Come work with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we have a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really, so, and I bet but, you probably get a lot more done in those three days than you used to get done in five. Exactly. So let me ask you a question. Have you ever experienced where you're just so intentional, you're very focused, you know what has to be done, and you know you've got a deadline? Yeah. And And when you're in that zone week after week after week, you accomplish so much more. So we accomplish now in three what we used to accomplish in four, and we have higher revenue. So it gives you the opportunity then to, and I call it work three, play four. Then you start to say, well, what do I want to do with my four? Yeah, that's a crucial element as well. You don't want to just waste that four sitting around watching TV or whatever, something like that. Absolutely. You think of yeah. All the things you really want to be doing with this, that, that extra time. But the... mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's really kind of a wake up call for us in our middle age to start rethinking, you know, how is our life going right now? It's almost like a check in. And then if you say, you know, these areas, you know, I feel like I'm, you know, being controlled by everyone else but not myself, you know, is that what you want for your life? Yeah. So we have workshops that we run called Design you know, design the life you love. So if you have a choice in life and with some work, why wouldn't you choose to have more time, more money, more freedom? 
to do what matters most to you. I don't know. Maybe yeah. you're a masochist. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it seems pretty basic. Um, yeah, but on sure. the other hand, too many people run their lives or, or live their lives, and I call it a status quo living. You know, And you can choose that, and that may be perfectly fine. But on the other hand, if you start to think about it, say, you know, and, and here's an interesting statistic with the longevity economy. It is likely that if you're 60 years old, it's likely in America that you will live to 85 to 90 years old. Yeah. So that's 20, 25 to 30 years more yeah. if you are 60 years old. That's a long time to not be doing something you really want to do. Oh, that's for sure. Well, here's a $64,000 question. Let's say that uh, you uh, are sick and tired of the clutter and you go to work and get it done and get all that clutter out of there. Now, do we still have to sell our house and downsize? I mean, can't we just, can you give us a good reason why we should sell that big house and get right-sized if indeed it's, you know, our prized possession and uh, we can afford it and uh, it's beautifully landscaped, and we just love sitting out in the yard. Do we still have to downsize, or what's some good reasons to uh, to get out of that big house and get right-sized, as you put it? Sure, sure. Um, you know, this is such an individual question, but let's let's just take it from a couple of different viewpoints. So many Americans are choosing to age in place, you know, oh. to retrofit retrofit their homes such that they can live there safely for as long as they possibly can. Yeah. And and you know that may be the situation where you love your home, you love your neighbors, you love your neighborhood, um, and then you've got this huge house. So what some baby boomers are doing, and this may not be right for everyone, but they're they're cohabitating um, oh. or co living. You know, yeah. so for instance, <laughs> you know. If, and and it's a way to generate some income for oh, for those extra rooms, idea. you know. So it's it's just one thing that's a little bit unique that is happening in America right now. There are baby boomers looking for a nice home to live in. They couldn't afford a big house, so but they could afford to rent one or two or three rooms in yeah. their house. Oh, that's great. So, well, surprisingly, you tell us in your blog that uh, on your website that downsizing physical space may actually be the easiest part of the downsizing journey. <laughs> we also have to deal with mental and emotional clutter. Please advise, what is your definition of inner clutter and what negative emotions does it engender and how does it detract from our quality of life? Mm. So mental clutter, and that is what, really what we're talking about. So yeah. distinguishing physical clutter versus mental clutter. Yeah. So... Um, <clears throat> The mental clutter is the stuff that stops us. So it's um, toxic relationships, it's um, bad habits, it is um, you know being a, a being a procrastinator. All of those things are are negative habits that we as human also, beings have. Also, too many commitments, not enough boundaries. I know so many of us <laughs> refuse and exactly. don't want to say no to anybody. <laughs> Then exactly. Good old right fear. You're just afraid to do anything because you're uncertain as to outcome. I mean that that affects yeah. so many of us. But, uh, yeah. So you can see how that's that's clutter. I mean, just yeah. being afraid to take a risk to move, or or you know having too many commitments. You know, so you never have time to really declutter your own home. So those are the those are the mental clutter things. When you think about it, I I, I kind of 
make an analogy to the boxes that are in your basement or in your attic that you don't even know what's in those boxes, but um, they've been there for 10 or 20 years, right? <laughs> so I that's, uncovered that's a box the, the other clutter. day that had stuff I'd forgotten mm-hmm. all about, <laughs> never sure. used yeah. or never wanted to. Yeah. Well, that kind of clutters up your brain. And so then that, you know, in, in comparison to physical clutter, and in my design world for 35 years, I've seen a lot of physical clutter that also prohibits people from moving forward. You know, there is such yeah. a thing as hoarding, of course, but yeah. not just hoarding. I'm just talking about not knowing where to find things. There's some statistic <laughs> out there that over the course of a lifetime, we waste almost up to one year looking for things. <laughs> I'm sure I have my time. quota. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, <laughs> but anyway, with regard to your question about right sizing and when is the right time, um, I guess I would just say that, you know, if you have any curiosity about that at all, maybe start looking around. See if there are other properties that might appeal to you, either in your, your existing town or if you said, you know, I've always wondered what it would like to be live in, live in a city or live in another part of the country. Um, in In the case of my brother and my sister-in-law, they live south of Boston, and to get to their grandchildren's home, or their children's home and their grandchildren, it takes almost two hours just through traffic. So they have chosen to sell their home and live closer to their children and grandchildren. And and that's a case where my brother was reluctant to, you know, sell the home that they raised their kids in. My sister-in-law, not so much. But what they did is they started exploring so it's just, you know, go go test out a community. And I said, you know, sometimes just rent it for a week or two or a month a and idea. see if you like living there. So yeah. it's putting your toe putting your toe in the water. Um, but it's also pushing yourself out of the comfort zone because people get stuck in that comfort zone. And But if you're curious, then that's an open door to say, hmm, maybe I will try that. And, well, and I, who I know knows? on your uh, website you offer a free download Five simple steps make the rest the rest of your life the best of your life, and you have yeah. five steps you can use to attack and drive out that inner clutter. We don't have time to discuss them in detail. Can you uh, yeah. maybe suggest one or two of them and uh, tell our listeners how they can uh, download that for free? Sure, sure. Well, if you were to go to our website, um, it's Design Services Ltd. And you can click on there and you can decide, you know, you can download the five steps. Um, there's also something on there that may help. It's called the ABCs of downsizing. Oh. Um, you can, and so if you are downsizing, um, the ABCs is something that I developed when I was downsizing myself. It's to make downsizing easy, effective, and actually fun. <laughs> and people say fun and downsizing doesn't go hand in hand, but it, it really can. So there's several um, free um, opportunities. So if you if you are interested, go to the website. You're welcome to download any of those free things. And then we even offer you know 15 minute consultation that you can schedule by going onto our website. Yeah, yeah. I know that this uh, methodology Mm -hmm. you talk about IDing an area of your life where you're currently stuck, and then uh, you ask why do you want to make changes in this area, and then. uh, if you uh, could renovate this area, how would you redesign it, and what is in your way, which is what stops so many of us. We don't 
you know, we talk about things, mm-hmm. we don't do anything. And then I like this one. What small change can you make today to move forward in this area of life? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love those five points that you uh, make in that. Well, thank you. And, you know, it is sometimes it's just recognizing it. So it's self-awareness that, you know, okay, I get stuck when I, I think about moving because I'm afraid or because, you know, I, I have, I'm overwhelmed at the, even the thought of downsizing. And it's so perfectly normal to feel that way. But, you know, one thing to think about there is if you could begin by decluttering just one area, yeah, one small room. That's you what know, I keep telling so my wife, that we need to concentrate on one room at a time because you get overwhelmed when you, you try to do the whole house at once. For sure. And, and you know, it, that's perfectly normal. And, you know, then if, if you did choose to have someone come in and assist you, I always think that having a team is far better. I I called my family, my friends, and the way that I made downsizing fun is that on a weekend, on a Saturday or a Sunday, just for four hours, I'd say, come over and help me yeah. if you can. And we would work on one small area. We'd, we'd clean out, we'd clean up, and it would be gone. And then we would go drink wine. <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> so, going to say, you, yeah. you have to have no <laughs> reward. <laughs> yeah, I rewarded, I rewarded them with food and wine. <laughs> yeah, so then they, they would come back another time. <laughs> I know on your uh, website you offer a number of uh, oh, courses and uh, online course, mm-hmm. a workshop, and um, what, what's coming mm-hmm. up uh, in the near future? Okay. Can you tell us about some of those opportunities? Sure. Yeah, so actually um, this coming month, March 29th, um, we have a workshop called Design the Life You Love. It's a three-hour transformative workshop where we walk you through the stages of you design your life. And, and, you know, so we do dig down to say, you know, what is it that you most want? I call it the why that makes you cry. Mm-hmm. And then dig down deep in to say, you know, why don't I have that? What's stopping me? So we look at what's stopping you. And then we create a vision for what your life could look like. So if you said, you know, I never lived in a city before. I'm really tempted to try it, but I'm afraid. You know, so we kind of push through some of those barriers and we create a blueprint, literally, for a life that you love. Yeah, that's so important to envision what, uh, even before you actually experience, to envision what it would look like and how great it would feel and, uh, you know, whether you would really enjoy that kind of a life. uh, Yeah, and, you you know, we also offer a a six-week online course, I guess, that people Mm -hmm. can sign up Mm -hmm. for any time. Yes, yes, and that that online course is is also about designing the life that you love. And another one that we'll be running next month is called um, Downsize Your Life and Upgrade Your Lifestyle. And then a a one that we will run in May is called Work 3 and Play 4. And you can go online and you can register for those courses. Oh, that's great. um, well, you yeah, also yeah. have a book about yeah. the ones. When's that book going to be? That that's also titled "Downsize Your Life, Upgrade Your Lifestyle." When when is that? When can we look for that uh, in the bookstores? Or um, we're we're going to be releasing the book at the end of April or very early May. Oh, and if you'd like, Roy, what I could do is I could let you know, and then you could let your audience know. Or they're they're welcome to um, go to our website and just say that they want to be notified, and we'll be glad to notify them. Yeah, well, I'd, be, I'd love to have you back on the program so you could uh, preview that book a little when it, when it actually comes out. Why don't uh, Why don't okay. we plan to do that, and uh, we'll let everybody that would be know awesome. where to get it and uh, all about it? Because that, that sounds like an ideal book to have. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I am committed to people having a life that they love, and that 
really came from my my beginning journey when I was in Africa at that yeah. in that tiny little town and then when I saw that people who have nothing are happy that's what I wanted and so not that everyone wants to give away 95% of their stuff but just by decluttering or living with less you'll realize that there's so much more to life than stuff and it's usually about experiences and people and and having that higher quality of life and not being run by you know busy schedules not being run by um too much stuff that has to be managed and taken care of boy that's for sure so, well to conclude having heard what she said had to say i'm certain you'll agree that rita wilkins offers a most compelling argument for fearlessly living as she calls it with less so that you can experience so much more and as you know, when she visited her son in the Peace Corps in the Senegal, she found these villagers that uh, possessed so very little stuff, but they were filled with joy, compassion, and the desire to share with others. And at a hastily arranged banquet, they offered Rita and her son the best they had to offer. And despite vast differences in background, appearance, and resources, she reached out. they reached out to them in love, And here in the USA, with all our possessions, would we have done the same? I doubt it. Mm -hmm. And for over 35 years, Rita Wilkins has contributed both uh, utility and attractiveness to private residences and commercial spaces through interior design. And now she has become the downsizing designer for our lifestyle as well. And as we close our program today, I invite you to ask yourself three questions. One, am I truly happy with every aspect of the life I'm living today? And how much material wealth does it take to make me happy? Do I really need my more than adequate living space and all the possessions I have to enjoy life to the fullest? In fact, am I working too hard and too hard simply to retain what I already have and don't really enjoy and make myself (laughs) miserable doing it? And finally, am I willing to consider trading in a significant portion of my possessions and hectic lifestyle for stress-free, slower-paced living, concentrating on relationships and responsibilities that I choose where I can both serve and be served and uh, routinely earning a living while having a great time. And if you answered yes to one or more of these questions, I highly recommend you visit Rita Wilkins' website today and give us that website Address once sure. more. It's it's design services ltd. dot com. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, then you will mm-hmm. find a wide variety of resources that can help you to determine if, when, and how best to downsize. And as Rita puts it, living with less is a small price to pay for a life going forward with more time, money, and freedom. Basically, a life of joy that all of us seek for the remainder of our life. And to learn more, visit her website and be certain to keep up with the status of her forthcoming book because you'll want to get a hold of that. And thank you so much, Rita. You <laughs> opened up lots of our eyes today. <laughs> thank you, Roy. What a wonderful wrap-up. And I, I do hope that your audience has gotten a lot out of our out of our talk. Best of thank success in all that you do. <laughs> and to all uh, audience, don't forget downsizing. It might make a lot of sense for you, especially at our age. Bye for now. (laughs) All right. Thank you. My guest, Rita Wilkins, makes a lot of sense, doesn't she? Whether you're 43, 
55 or 64, is there any reason not to begin contemplating and taking steps to launch your very own Act 3, joyful, low-stress living with greater flexibility, less stuff, fewer deadlines, and you firmly in control? Whether or not that includes significant downsizing is up to you and your spouse or significant other if you're married. But to close our program today, I'm going to examine a few of the most common excuses that folks make for not moving on to Act 3, Authentic Midlife Renewal. And here's common excuse number one. I'm far too busy right now. I can't spare even a few moments each day for self-reflection and mapping out a brighter future. My work, family, and social obligations are far too demanding. Well, a simplistic yet appropriate response is as follows. Pray tell what is most important in transforming your life for the better permanently. Uh, you simply cannot afford to you not uh, you simply can't afford not to dedicate the time. I can't seem to speak straight right now. First of all, commit yourself to freeing up time now to renew. I ask only for a modest but sincere time commitment. At this point, you may be far from convinced that you can accomplish and sustain a positive mental attitude. You only know that you want to try. And once you begin to make progress, and you will, you will find yourself eager to allocate whatever time and energy is necessary to complete your transformation adventure. Begin each new week with the specific time intervals committed to renewal. You can make the time. Believe me, aren't there one or two TV shows you can give up? How about an hour or two less a week on social media? And inform your spouse and offspring about your time commitments in advance and ask them for peace and quiet. And don't become disheartened over an occasional missed session, but then reschedule it as you would any other important engagement. And never permit too much time to lapse between personal renewal sessions. You'll lose too much momentum. Third, as an initial goal, commit to small steps each and every day to remove life's clutter and balance your schedule. And no, you can't expect to clear up your hectic lifestyle all at once, but you can clear tomorrow's agenda for at least an hour or two. And stop condemning yourself over lack of organization and strictly get down to business. Simply do that. And four, get your significant others involved, but always in a non-threatening manner. Promise that in no way will you become a, they become less important in your life simply because you've transformed to a better uh, state of being and uh, you enjoy life more. Routinely describe considerations and ask for advice, but keep in mind always in the early stages of midlife renewal, you need not prove anything to anyone. And here's common excuse too, I simply don't have the money. I don't like what I do for a living, but if I quit my job, who will reimburse me while I search for something better? Well, I'll let you in on a little secret. You don't have to be independently well, independently wealthy to radically improve both your positive emotions and life circumstances. Especially in this early stage of renewal, you need not make immediate plans for financial sacrifice. And no matter how dissatisfied you are with your workday, 
I urge you not to quit your primary vocation just yet. Believe it or not, more than a few of you will ultimately choose to remain right where you are today, but with radically improved expectations and altered, more positive outlook toward the workday and a fresh take-charge attitude. In contrast, you may decide to pursue a totally different vocation or lifestyle, but that decision can be postponed until later. And a crucial reminder, please confirm to yourself that your ultimate objective <coughs> excuse me, is not simply a career makeover, but total fulfillment as a balanced, well-rounded adult. Unless you learn to balance career, and that might be retirement, with other essential elements of living, you most likely will continue to come up short on joy and self-satisfaction, and so will the folks all around you. And here's a start. I suggest you begin to view even the most mundane task as a small opportunity to learn something about yourself and progress towards your ultimate career and lifestyle objectives. And once you pledge to stop dreading each workday and to cease complaining to spouse and loved ones and friends about how much you hate your job, slowly but surely your outlook on life will improve. And before long on the job at home and serving as a volunteer, necessary tasks will start to come easier. You will better organize your day and will accomplish far more in less time with far less frustration. And as a positive corollary, for the first, perhaps for the first time in years, you will discover the simple joys of relaxed living. How about number three? That's often so often self-defeating excuse. My life will change for the better someday when, and you fill in the blank. A few of the common ones are when all my children finish college, when my divorce is final, when my workload isn't so overwhelming, or when my rich uncle dies, or here's the most preposterous of all, when I win the lottery. (laughs) My life will be better when is possibly one of the most counterproductive procrastination excuses of all, the when seldom if ever occurs, and if and when it does, it more likely will be replaced by a new when. And in the end, every when may transform into a regrettable if only. The bottom line is deceptively simple. Never pin your dreams upon unrealistic or poorly defined assumptions, fate, or the sole initiative of someone else. Because no one has your interest Uh, more at heart than you yourself do. The only dreams worth having are the ones you and I can realistically make plans to accomplish. And rather than simply wishing and praying for a brighter tomorrow, you first need to routinely visualize that brighter tomorrow in vivid details. The clearer, the better. Then begin scoping out a clear and certain course of action that can allow you to reach your destination a joyful, fulfilled, and stress-free Act 3. From time to time, your course, of course, may need to be altered as circumstances change, but the intended ultimate destination can be anchored in stone. And as your very first step, I suggest you begin working with your spirit as you seek to uncover the divine inner you that you were created to be. It's definitely okay to dream, better yet to visualize, 
but it's not okay to make those dreams contingent upon unrealistic expectations over which you have little or no control. And no, it's not enough just to buy a weekly Powerball lottery ticket. And here's one more common excuse. What good would renewal do for me anyway? You know, most experts agree that it's extremely difficult to revitalize positive emotions in a vacuum. It's even more difficult if you're routinely exposed to resistance and negative comments from spouse, family members, and co-workers. For now, I ask only that you trust me. More often than not, positively renewed individuals are able to bring significant others along. And here's why. Uh, First, as a renewed individual, you'll better understand your own motivation, and you'll also be better able to relate to and accommodate the motives of others. And more often than not, mutual understanding nurtures peaceful interaction and cooperation. And second, it takes two to tango. No one will argue with you for long if you simply consistently refuse to argue back. A gossip or chronic container requires a receptive audience. And as a positively transformed individual, you simply can refuse to respond to another's attempt to pick a fight or to engage in a mean-spirited criticism of someone else. And third, frequent smiles, laughter, sincere interest, and attention to others, plus a favorable outlook on today and tomorrow, are highly contagious. In conclusion, so often procrastination can be even more counterproductive than self-delusion. We all know pathetic men and women who openly acknowledge that they're far from content, but rather than attacking the problem, they proceed to complain bitterly, blame just about everyone on the planet except themselves. And when you think about it, it's ultimate insanity to continue pursuing a career, relationship, or lifestyle that doesn't work for you, somehow fantasizing that things will get better uh, based on external circumstances only. Why in the world would anyone anticipate a turnaround without active personal intervention? Well, that's the four common procrastination excuses and why none of them makes much sense. And we'll examine several more excuses on our next program. But for now, spring is here. Flowers either are or soon will be blooming in your area of the country. And this is a great time of year for you and me to begin blooming also. To get out of our present hectic, unfulfilling, sometimes overwhelming lifestyle, you and I made me to begin contemplating and taking steps to implement Act 3, a simpler, perhaps even smaller footprint, but fully on your own terms, time, and emotion, and living in harmony with that divine essence you were created to be. Would you like further guidance on your midlife transformation? Well, that's what my first book is all about. It's titled A Midlife Challenge Wake Up by Roy C. Richards, And you can check it out on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, or on our website, middleagerenewal.com. And through 21 chapters and 18 write-on self-help exercises, my book presents a step-by-step roadmap from where you are today to that uh, life's genuinely peaceful, joyful, and stress-free Act 3, where you're headed for tomorrow. 
and a life where you benefit others, honor yourself, and enjoy every step of your journey. That's a midlife challenge. Wake up. And that's our program for today. Now go out and enjoy spring while you enhance prospects for a brighter tomorrow. So long for now. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his Middle Age Renewal Training System by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com. 